Would you like me to seduce you? That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, he walks in a mine. Why is the rum always Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. It's a trap! Hey guys, welcome to the Celluloid Fiends Podcast. I'm your host, Mo Long. Thank you, as always, for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'd also appreciate if you went over to the iTunes store and left us a rating, left us a review, and subscribed. If you give us a recommendation on a film that you want us to review, it has to be at least 10 years old, we will give you a shout out on the show. Because like Gabe and I love picking the films, but we'd love to hear what you guys want us to take a look at. You can follow me at Mitchell C. Long on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my writing on cupofmo.com. As per usual, here in the studio, I have my wonderful co-host. Hey, celluloid fiends, it's Gabriel Orto. If you want to go ahead to our Facebook page and give us a like, that'd be great also. Tonight, we're talking about Jingle All the Way, which was a joint pick. Gabe and I both picked this. (laughs) Thought it would be a nice way to ring in the holiday season. Uh, so this movie came out in 1996 and had a budget of $75 million and grossed an impressive $129 million at the box office. It was shot in Minneapolis, including some really awesome shots in the Mall of America. It holds a 16% critic rating and 38% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Both of those I thought were kind of low. Um, I can see it. I can definitely see why this has a low rating. It is definitely um, not uh, not one of the best Christmas movies. It's definitely, there's a lot of charm in how not bad it is, but just cheesy it is. And it, I think it's starting to become a, a kind of a cult classic. Absolutely. I would definitely call this film a cult classic, which we'll, we'll dig into that in a little bit. So, Jingle All the Way follows mattress salesman Howard Langston, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who kind of tends to neglect his wife Liz, Rita Wilson, and son Jamie, Jake Lloyd, who, as Gabe reminded me when we were watching the film, played Anakin Skywalker. Benny Bobani! Oh, no. (laughs) But I think the reason I did not recall that is because I repressed all of the Phantom Minutes. Oh, not all of it. Yes, all of it. Your favorite character, Jar Jar Banks. The holiday special is better than the fucking Phantom Menace. <laughs> yes, I said that. And I stand by it. So on Christmas Eve, Howard realizes that he forgot to buy the much sought after Turbo Man action figure that his son desperately wanted for Christmas and which his loving wife reminded him two weeks prior to buy. So this prompts a frantic search all over town for the Turbo Man action figure, which pits Howard against mailman and father Myron, who's played by Sinbad. Yes, yes. We had both seen this movie before. What was your first time watching this? First time actually watching this was like two or three years ago when I first started uh, dating my fiance Danielle. 
we were watching her mother's house for the weekend. It was around the holidays. She wanted to watch a Christmas movie, and we were just kicking back shots of tequila all night. She's like, let's, let's watch Jingle All the Way. I'm like, I've never seen this movie, but I know it's awful and has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, so I'm in. And that's a pretty good summary. It is awful, and it has Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and how many times have you seen it since that? Uh, probably three or four times. So I watched this back in the day, uh, and I want to say it was maybe like mid-2000s. And I just rented it because uh, at the time I was going through this Arnold Schwarzenegger phase and I was watching a lot of his fare like The Terminator and Commando and Predator. And uh, it was the holiday season and I wanted to contribute to my family's Christmas movie watch list. And this was my contribution. It differed a lot than the selections that my parents were curating, which was mostly Bing Crosby films. No Christmas Story? Christmas Story was probably in there somewhere. I don't think Die Hard was, though, unfortunately. I think that Gremlins would have been a better suggestion than this movie. Oh. You know, I threw out Black Christmas, but for some reason my parents shot that down. Oh, not a, not a fan of Black Christmas? Uh, you know, maybe they're just not John Saxon fans. Oh. Who's not a John Saxon I'm, fan, though? Your parents, apparently. Right? <laughs> But this was actually only my second time watching Jingle All the Way. I had not seen it since I watched it the first time. And I think my opinion changed a little bit. At the time, I, I think I enjoyed it, but coming off of some of his, Schwarzenegger's better roles, I think I was a little bit let down at the time just by its campiness. But this go-around, I think I appreciated its cartoonish uh, elements a lot more than my initial viewing. Has your opinion of this film changed at all since you first watched it? No. Not one bit. <laughs> Same way about this movie, I think it is... I love I love this movie, but it is so cheesy. Like, I get, like, the heart of it. I do. I feel like at the time this movie came out, kids begged their parents parents to go see this movie because it was a children's Arnold Schwarzenegger movie which is not common and I feel like a lot of people left disappointed but as I get older and I get I become more cynical I think that this movie is just hilarious in the worst ways in which ways are you referring to when you say the worst ways like the acting I think the acting is not that great <sighs> The I, effects are terrible. Yeah, the effects even for are the time. Yeah, the you can't even say it was because it was the in 96. The storyline is kind of... It's kind of just... Not awful, but just kind of... This, this is crazy. Like, not, this doesn't happen in real life. Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's on a parade float as Turbo Man. You know, that was something I was thinking about when watching it this time. And I do, I do love this movie for all of its flaws, but you're totally correct that it's, it's actually almost disjointed. Like a lot happens in this film, from at the beginning Howard missing his son's karate performance to realizing he needs to buy the Turbo Man, and there's this crazy mole chase, 
and a mob in a toy store and then he ends up following a sketchy mall santa back to this basically like uh sweatshop where they're producing bootleg toys and it's just a bunch of mall santas who work there one of the the mall santas was in fact the big show of wwe fame and another one of the santas was Vern troyer so then that happens and then there's the subplot of trying to get a turbo man and thwart myron the mailman from getting it yes and then there's the scene where the two of them are trying to win a Turbo Man from, from the radio station, and Byron pretends he has a mail a fucking mail bomb. And then there's like the running gag with a cop. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of a lot to be taken in from this movie. Yeah, it's it's very over the top. And then also there's the incredibly annoying neighbor who seems ultra perfect Ted played by uh, Phil Harmon yes and I thought he pretty much stole every scene he was in oh yeah oh yeah Phil Hartman is a great actor that like like he is a shining star in this movie I feel like I feel like he aims for you to hate him, and you really hate him in this movie. He's kind of <laughs> the neighbor that's too perfect to the wives, of course. Oh, yes. And he even gets his son a reindeer. Yeah. And the son names the reindeer Ted after his dad because yeah. he feels like his dad is so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> But there's just so much that happens in this movie, and upon rewatching it, I I felt like every scene was like, oh yeah, this happens, doesn't it? Exactly. But somehow it, even though it does at times feel kind of disjointed, I, I still feel like it ultimately does flow well, and it's easy to follow. Oh, it's definitely easy to follow. It's not. It doesn't become convoluted at any point in this movie. It's just. Great in the worst ways, which is the best way I can describe this movie. Yeah, that's that's an apt descriptor. I think one of the two of the cheesiest parts actually are at the end. So the parade occurs, and through a misunderstanding, Howard gets dressed as Turbo Man in like a working Turbo Man outfit. Because yeah, that's real. And he ends up giving the special edition of the Turbo Man action figure to his son. And as Myron's being led away in handcuffs, the son gives the Turbo Man to Myron and says, I don't need this. You can give it to your son. I have the real Turbo Man. Talking about his dad. Right. And it's just, it's so cheesy. And the, the, the ending part, the very ending where the mother is just like... <laughs> So I go see what you did, well, all you did for your son for his birth, for his um, Christmas present. I can't wait to see what you got me. And then Arnold just looks right at the camera, and is like, "Oh!" It, it, it's one of the worst movie endings that I've ever seen. But it's hilarious. It is. No, <laughs> we both just cracked up. And 
Apparently, I don't know if this was supposed to set up a sequel or not, but there was a sequel. There was? Yeah, I never saw it, but there was a sequel. I think it's pretty standalone, and I think it was direct-to-video. Did it have Arnold in it? If I recall correctly, it did not. And it looks like that fared even worse than the original. Oh, no. I think it had Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, Jesus. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Okay. So, and that came out in 2014. And what was the movie called? It was called Jingle All the Way 2. And the premise is that Larry's daughter, Larry is played by Larry the Cable Guy. Great creativity on that end. Larry's daughter wants only one thing for Christmas, a talking bear. His daughter's stepdad intends to make sure that Larry can't get one. No, thank you. I genuinely have no... No, I do not want to see that movie at all. Not only for the fact that it, it, it is a sequel to Jingle All The Way, it's the fact that Larry the Cable Guy is in it, and everything that Larry the Cable Guy is in just turns to shit. I think Larry the Cable Guy is, is one of the worst, thing that's, worst things that's happened in the comedy. I would upvote that statement 100%. So, aside from the fact that there was this 2014 sequel, which seems horrible and neither of us are going to watch, do you think a sequel to this film could have worked? Um, maybe with, um, maybe in this day and age, maybe if they got Jake Lloyd, or I think that's his name, the, the kid. Yeah. If they got him to play the father this time around, I thought that would be pretty hilarious. I think that would be hilarious as well, especially because there's that scene in the diner when Myron is talking about his childhood and how there was some toy that he always wanted that his dad didn't get for him for Christmas. And he attributes that... uh, as like a giant childhood trauma and then Howard hallucinates his kid Jamie as being very messed up because he didn't get the Turbo Man so I think it would be interesting to see the kid grown up and and kind of the role reversal and have him in the same scenario where he forgot to get a a certain toy and it's Christmas Eve and he's going to go out and get it and maybe even bring in Arnold as the grandfather. Right. So you can have like uh, a couple generations there. And like, I I would think it would even be more hilarious if he turned out to be not like unsuccessful, but just like a little bit of a fuck up. (laughs) And like, so, and then Myron's kid would be his boss. Oh, that would be beautiful. So the families are in, in connected still? Yeah. So, like, he'd be like, well, I should have... T- because he got... Because Myron's kid got the Turbo Man and he didn't. Because he, he gave it up because he thought his dad <laughs> was really Turbo Man. <laughs> uh, I think... See, I think that would be a great idea. That would have worked as a sequel. And I, I don't know who else we would cast in this, but it would not be Larry the Cable Guy. No, not at all. No. I wouldn't have him within 500 miles of this project. No. Let alone any other film ever. Or comedy stage. Or anything involving entertainment. 
Exactly. So, Kim, getting back to what we were talking about earlier, do you think this is a cult film? In a way, yes. I think it's gaining that cult popularity. I definitely agree. It actually has been screening in some theaters on occasion. But to me, it's not one of those films that is revered as a classic when people start talking about Christmas movies. Like, they'll throw out, what, A Christmas Story, Miracle on 34th Street, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Jingle All the Way, there's definitely a, a hardcore fan base for that. But I think it's kind of a lot of people in, like, in our generation who either watched it around when it came out or shortly thereafter or were watching their childhood or maybe were exposed to it later on in life but still kind of appreciate the time because this is definitely a 90s movie. It is. It definitely is. I was a bit too old by the time this movie came out. I was in middle school. I really wasn't looking for an Arnold child flick. I was too busy watching Arnold's real good movies like Terminator 2 and and uh, all kinds of shit. Predator. But like as I guess the first as I said the first time I watched this movie was as a 29 or 30 year old adult so as an adult I think this movie's hilarious and I watch it every year yeah no I, I also think it's hilarious and I think it I think it deserves the cult status that I would say it has but some might argue that it's just gaining that it's definitely not. 24-hour marathon on TBS cult, yeah. But I feel like give it 20, 30 years. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And one element that I think really contributes to the charm of this film is how unabashedly campy it is. Oh, yeah. And also the fake toy line that's in there. Because... Turbo Man was not an actual toy, at least when this came out. I want to get back to this in a moment, but I believe you said, Gabe, that there was a toy line that came out later there, on. There was. Um, they did release a Turbo Man action figure when this movie came out. And coincidentally, um, one of the local toy um, shops around here got a Turbo Man in recently. And they advertised it on their website. We like we got a Turbo Man in here, and then it, it quickly sold, which speaks to the popularity of the movie. But my comment on the fact that they posted on Facebook about this toy is, as soon as it sold out, I said, "Don't worry, we have plenty of Turbo Man Sidekick Booster." <laughs> because it's like a running joke in the film, right? Oh, that's clever. Do you remember how much it sold for? I have no idea, but it was it was a it was a pretty penny. They, there's not a lot of those in mint condition anymore. And as the movie gains popularity, um, you're starting to see things like that pop up and go for a little bit more than they would have, I don't know, maybe even five years ago. Yeah, on eBay there are some Turbo Man action figures going for seven to eight hundred. Jeez, that's kind of expensive. If you'd like to buy us a present this Christmas, 
of the celluloid fiends, feel free to send a Turbo Man our way. Yeah, we, we, we would love a Turbo Man. We would shout you every podcast if you bought us a Turbo Man. <laughs> and with that, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about Jingle all the way. All right. Oh, excuse me. Yes? I'm trying to find a Turbo Man doll. Me too, me too. Do you have any more in the back? <laughs> What? See that? <laughs> what did I say? These, these guys are looking for a turbo man? A gentleman <laughs> dog, yes. <laughs> They're looking for turbo man. <laughs> hey, everybody, these two are looking for a turbo man. Shut <laughs> man. Now, what's so funny? Where have you guys been? Turbo Man's only the hottest selling Christmas toy ever. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We got plenty of Turbo Man's faithful Saber King Tiger Booster. Where's your Christmas spirit? That's better. Now, there must be a Turbo Man around here somewhere. Oh. The last one just left. Um, some lady had it on layaway. A lady? Yeah. What lady? Uh, uh, just short, uh, with, with a fur coat. Fur coat. Fur coat. Uh-huh. Fur Sorry, coat. buddy. Oh. 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 Hey guys, welcome back. We're talking about Jingle all the way. So, what we were talking about with the toys. Underneath the campy and goofy veneer of this film, I do feel like there's kind of this anti-consumerist message going on. Oh yeah, definitely. It. I don't think it's fully fleshed out, but it definitely seems pretty strong with the entire premise of the film hinging on trying to procure this toy which <laughs> Howard keeps calling it a doll throughout the entire film he's just like I'm trying to find a doll yeah it's better than what Sin- Sinbad calls him he's like I gotta find this dumb doll named Turtle Man <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of appreciate that aspect I didn't think it like I said, was fully developed or necessarily that strong. But I, I still appreciated that. And even at the end of the film, I feel like it kind of circles back to the consumerism that surges forth during Christmas, yeah. where the wife is wondering what he, Howard got her. So... Howard's also a terrible father. Yes, very I think we terrible. can admit that. Like he seems, he seems like he really loves his wife and his son a lot. But <laughs> at the beginning, he's 
on the phone with a bunch of customers and he's ending on the phone call saying, you're my number one customer. And then his wife calls and he talks to her and he's about to get off the phone and reassuring her that he will make it to Jamie's karate uh, presentation, which of course he does not. And before he gets on the phone with her, he goes, and remember, you're my number one customer. <laughs> so it's like he doesn't show up for event, like important events in his kid's life. And there was a point in this movie where Howard is talking to his son from the parade float through a speaker. <laughs> and, the, you're, and the son was like, it's Turbo Man, and Turbo Man is talking to me. And Mo looks at me and he goes, how does he not know that's his father's voice? And I just look at Mo and I, so, and I look at Mo and I say, Mo, he's a terrible father and he's never around. <laughs> he doesn't even know the sound of his father's voice. And then Howard being awful, I feel like he even gets amped up in the third act when... It seems like he can't find a Turbo Man, and he decides to fucking steal one from Ted's, Ted's yeah. son, and he like breaks into Ted's house, finds the Turbo Man wrapped up, and tries to steal it, and ends up like setting fire to it, and the reindeer charges in and just completely wrecks havoc in the house. Which, that was one scene that I do feel like was a little bit misplaced. I feel like the whole scene with him stealing the Turbo Man could have gone away. Yeah. And not been in the movie. If there's a scene that I would cut from this film, it would definitely be that. Oh, yeah. It was was a bit... made you feel kind of icky. And speaking of which, there's one other scene that I would probably cut. It it was very quick, but it was when Ted gets a a bit sexual assaulty with the wife. Yeah. With Howard's wife. Like he tries like touching her in ways and it just it doesn't sit well. No, because it's it the film attempts to portray that as comedic, but to me that was not, not a funny really. moment. Like maybe if he tried bending in for a kiss and she just kinda put her hand in front of his face, it could have worked a little better. But he went for, like, full grope mode, just going for it. Yeah, and it was the 90s. Nothing was PC then. But, yeah, if, if I were redoing this film, I would cut that scene, and I'd, I'd cut the reindeer breaking into the house scene, because that one just didn't seem to fit No, with the overall tone of the, of the movie. Do you think that... This movie would have been stronger, weaker, or you would have viewed it the same if some of the consumerism had been played up even more. I think that they played it up enough. I feel like they could have even downplayed it a little bit. Because it was really out there. It's like Turbo Man in the parade, Turbo Man everywhere, Turbo Man cereal, Turbo Man, Turbo Man. It's Turbo Time. Like it was pretty in your face. But it's like we get the we get the idea if he needs to get the action figure. That goes without saying. But um, I feel it, it. It was at a point where it stays at this level, or. 
if they raised it, it got I would get really annoying. Agreed. I think if it were any more, it would start to feel preachy. And right. so I felt like this was the perfect amount. I, I would not have changed that at all. And like the evil consumerism um, plot point is not something that's new to film. It was something that actually is even, um, that's what the original Child's Play was supposed to be about. The original Child's Play was, um, the original script, it was supposed to really last longer and people were really supposed to ponder who's doing the killings, Andy or the doll. And in the end, you were supposed to find out that the doll represents the, um, the death of innocence in America and the death of innocence with the children because now we're roping children into our consumerism. And it was supposed to be like the Cabbage Patch Dolls because um, Child's Play came out around the time the Cabbage Patch Dolls came out. And that was like one of the first items that people started punching grandmas over <laughs> was, the, was the Cabbage Patch Doll. Punching and the fucking grandmas. Punching grandmas. So... That's what was that was supposed to represent, which I thought was way deep, and I thought would have been a way deeper cut than what they did. But I still like the, I like Child's Play one, two, and three. Those movies are fantastic. The sequels, not so much. We'll get into that at the later point. But consumerism as the evil is not something new. No. But I think they pulled it off well in this movie. Agreed. I did not know that about Child's Play. And actually, the only one I've seen is the first one. I haven't seen Child's Play 2 or 3. Really? Yeah. But I, I do love Chucky as, as a villain. I like um, Chucky as a villain, too. But I just... I feel like after the third one, it gets a bit hokey and more... It's more of a comedy movie. Like, Chucky as a villain is scary in the first three movies. Once you get into Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Cult of Chucky... Curse of Chucky, it, it gets it. It starts to become a comedy show. I thought they were going a good route with Curse of Chucky, but then they kind of ruined it at the end when they brought Jennifer Tilly back into the picture. Because Jennifer Tilly is not scary to me. I need to watch the rest of that series. You mentioned that you watch Jingle All the Way every year at Christmas. Basically now, since I've started dating Danielle. What else is on your Christmas watch list? Woo! I got a few. Um, a Christmas Story, of course. Scrooged. Um, Gremlins. Die Hard. What's another one? Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Like, those are pretty much um, the ones I watch the most during the holiday season. Oh, Elf. I do like to watch Elf. You know, that is one of my favorite Will Ferrell films. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. So, my Christmas watch list... It's kind of mixed. Some stuff that's more traditional. Some stuff that's a little more unusual. I love White Christmas. That's oh, one yeah. of my favorite films. It's well, just a classic. I always watch Black Christmas, too. Oh, Black Christmas? Yeah. No, uh, the original, that's on my Christmas watch and list. And Silent Night, Deadly Night. 
That is a good movie. It's not on my Christmas watch list. Uh, I really like uh, Christmas with the Joker, the Batman the Animated Series Christmas special. Oh, really? Yeah, and I love The Ghost Who Stole Christmas, The X-Files Christmas special. Uh, I really like Better Watch Out. That came out in 2016, and it was a holiday-themed thriller. And it was just really fresh and unique, and it had this twist at the end that I did not predict at all. If you haven't seen that, I highly recommend it. And I like some stuff like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, The Grinch. I love A Charlie Brown Christmas. I haven't seen that in a while, actually. Oh, that one just, it doesn't get old. It's just adorable. And I, I love The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, as well. I kind of, like, grew up watching Peanuts. So I definitely have a soft spot for those. I do have a soft spot for the Grinch movies. Um, I grew up watching the original cartoon version. Um, but I do like the Jim Carrey version also. I have not seen the new Benedict Cumberbatch um, version. I've heard mixed reviews. Yeah, so I'm kind of in the same boat, except a little bit more extreme. So I have not seen the Jim Carrey Grinch. I had very mixed feelings on that. I'm, I'm open to change. I'm open to remakes and reboots. But for some reason, just when it came out, I just had no interest in watching it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give it a shot. And I'm really don't know what to think about this new version with Benedict Cumberbatch. I love Benedict Cumberbatch in a lot of roles, like especially Sherlock. And I thought he was phenomenal in August Osage County. But I just I, I don't know what to think of him in this new Grinch movie. I am not thrilled to see it. I'm basically I have the same feeling about this movie what you had about the Jim Carrey version I do think you should um, watch the Jim Carrey version he kind of brings the new life to the Grinch I actually thought he did a really good portrayal of the Grinch so I think that's a movie you should definitely watch in the near future okay. preferably this holiday season yeah maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out this, this season and report back that could be that could be kind of cool but, yeah, I feel like there are just so many Christmas movies and shows. There are, there are a lot out there. One that neither of us said was Jack Frost. The horror movie or the children's movie? Either. <laughs> there had to be so many families that intended to rent the family f film of Jack Frost and ended up renting the Jack Frost horror film. By mistake. The world's most pissed off snow cone. <laughs> I still don't know how that movie got made. <laughs> I think that movie's fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's maybe fantastic. Next, maybe next Christmas we'll review that. We'll do that and, and Black Christmas. Also, one I forgot to mention that is on my Christmas watch list is Die Hard. I do feel strongly that it's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. And anyone who feels differently can unsubscribe to the podcast but not really anybody who doesn't think Christmas is great at Nakatomi Plaza can suck my dick there you have it folks <laughs> so now that we've talked about some of our favorite Christmas movies now it's time to basically pick our favorite children and 
Let's list our top five favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger films. Oh, this is going to be interesting. You go first, Namal. I want to hear your list. I always go first. I want you to go first. All right. Terminator 2. As much as I love the original Terminator, I think Terminator 2 was technically a better film by a, a very slight margin. So I'm going with Terminator 2. Total Recall. I adore that movie. It, again, like all, most Arnold Schwarzenegger films, it's very cheesy and is just full of one-liners. Consider that a divorce. <laughs> but I think it does kind of play with some intriguing themes about memory. End of Days. That I think is maybe one of the more underappreciated films in his career and I think horror films of the 90s. It's phenomenally well acted. Uh, CCH Pounders in it as kind of a side character. It's definitely worth a, a watch or a rewatch if you haven't seen it in a while. The Running Man. I love The Running Man. And that one is actually still pretty relevant. And then uh, I'm going to have to go with Predator. All right. Gabe's five greatest Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Terminator 2. That goes without saying. One of the greatest Arnold movies of all time. Predator. That's amazing too. Running Man. We've already, we've already gone through this. Here's, some, here's one that was not on Moe's list. That not a lot of people like. I know a lot of people that don't like this movie. The Last Action Hero. You know, I don't think I saw that one. It... I loved that movie when I was a kid. I loved The Last Action Hero. I loved it. It was fantasy and all kinds of crap, and I thought it was fantastic. Um, And another one not brought up by Mo, Kindergarten Cop. Oh, that's a straight-up classic. (laughs) Nothing against any of the movies that Mo said. I think they're all fantastic. But those are movies I love and are definitely on the top five list. There are very few movies that Schwarzenegger was in that aren't, at least in some way, redeemed by his presence. Right. I think probably the worst movie that I ever saw with him in it was Red Heat. Never saw it. It was pretty bad. I cannot, in good faith, recommend that one. Um, I can think of one worse. Terminator Genesis. Never saw that. It was awful. But you know what I do remember? I remember when Terminator 3 came out. That was bad too. I was in middle school at the time, and I loved Terminator. I loved Terminator 2. And I was ridiculously excited about Terminator 3. And I was like with my family on a beach trip, and I dragged my dad to go see Terminator 3 in the theaters. And I just remember shuffling out of that theater and being so disappointed. And, you know, if for Terminator 1 and 2 had not preceded Terminator 3, I probably would have just appreciated it as a middle-of-the-road action film. But because those two movies came before it and set such a high bar, I just felt incredibly let down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a total letdown. When I first saw that movie, the movie came out when I um, 
I just graduated high school when that movie came out. And my parents made me clean out the basement that I used to like hang out in because I was going off to college. And then I, I felt kind of bad about that because it's kind of like I'm thinking out my childhood. And I was like, well, at least I can go see Terminator 3. And I went and saw Terminator 3. And I'm like, well, that's it. My, my childhood's dead. <laughs> oh, that was really depressing. <laughs> Terminator 3 killed your childhood. Killed, it, it didn't kill my childhood, but it definitely um, didn't help. It didn't resuscitate it. <laughs> no, it did not. Oh. It's like, oh, great. John Connor is like a drug addict looking for pain medication at, the, at, a, at a pet clinic. Yeah, that was a and good guess what? Judgment Day was going to happen anyway. Go fuck yourself. Right. <laughs> so, I guess there is a fate aside from that which we make for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and th- so this is one of Schwarzenegger's family films. He didn't really do a ton of family films. Well, I did like Kindergarten Cop, this, and maybe one or two others. Yeah. I kind of I kind of wish he did more because in all the family films that he starred in, he did a really good job, and I think that's kind of a an aspect of his acting that tends to get overlooked a little bit. Because like when you start talking Schwarzenegger films, most people are throwing out stuff like Terminator and Commando and Predator and The Running Man, and The Sixth Day, Conan. exactly. Which is another great Arnold movie. But he really has a phenomenal sense of humor, not only in kind of the kid-friendly fair, but also in the action sci-fi horror films that he he was in. He can be pretty funny if you you give him the window, too. Definitely. And he really hammed it up in a lot of his earlier fair, just with all the different one-liners. So even a lot of those, it was it was hard to truly take them seriously. Like Danielle, she just watched the first two Terminator movies maybe a year and a half ago, and she thought like she never got the context of "I'll be back" with the Terminator franchise, mm-hmm. but she thought it was so hilarious. She she was rolling for like thirty minutes about in the first Terminator, he comes back. I mean he walks into the police station and then he says I'll be back to the police officer then drives a police cruiser into the police station <laughs> she thought that was the funniest thing ever that really is kind of an iconic scene right and it is funny it's it's dryly comedic it's also just like well shot because I remember the first time that I watched Terminator I think pretty much anyone who saw Terminator after it came out in theaters was familiar with the line, I'll be back. So I knew that line was in the movie, but I didn't realize he was going to just fucking drive the car into the police Police station. station. And I was so surprised. I was like, wait, what the fuck? So, yeah, no, that's that's an amazing film. So why don't we rate this bad boy? All right. Mo. I give this film two and a half stars out of five because I think it's 
right down the middle. It's not a great movie. Certainly not a bad movie. It's right in the middle. It's a good movie. It's a good Christmas watch. I think there's redeeming qualities about the movie, but I just don't think it it, it hangs with the great. Yeah, give it 20 years, I think it'll reach cult status, like real big cult status. That's that's a fair take, and that's actually pretty close to what I'm going to give it, which I'm going to go with two out of five. I do love this movie. I watch it. I'm going to start watching it regularly because I, I think it needs to be celebrated. I hope that it either is a cult classic or goes on to be a cult classic. I like how it's just incredibly cartoonish from everything like the bomb going, the mail bomb going off (laughs) and it just being incredibly slapstick to the kind of anti-consumerism subplot and I think Arnold Schwarzenegger does a phenomenal job in this film just getting to be goofy but ultimately I don't think that it's a classic by cinema standpoints it's definitely got its flaws. It's a little disjointed. The effects weren't great. So you're going to have to go two out of five. Well, that seems about right, Mo. Oh, and also, um, Scott Bakula, Lords of, Lord of Illusions, Twin Peaks, just in case you thought you were getting out of this episode without hearing any of those things, you were wrong, and you will never... <laughs> You were wrong. Did, did we almost go an entire episode without bringing up Lord of Illusions? Yes. Oh, I need to, I need to work Lord of Illusions <laughs> into the show notes next time. <laughs> we can't end uh, an episode. I, I saved the episode, Mo. I saved it. It's the Christmas miracle. <laughs> it's, it's, it's my Christmas present to you, Mo. <laughs> That's the best Christmas present that I could ever receive. That's our episode for tonight. Yes, it is. Thank you for listening. As always, we really appreciate it. And we'd also love if you went over to the iTunes store, left us a review, gave us a rating, subscribe, hit us up at Samuel Fiends on Twitter. You can follow me at Mitchell C. Long on Twitter and Instagram. And you can read me on the interwebs at cupofmo.com. And don't forget to head over to our Facebook page and give us a like. Until next time, celluloid fiends, it's turbo time. You've got us. Please stop it. Stop it now. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. 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 Stop it.